Okay, let's do this. Hello, mense. It's called note here. Hello, at Amsterdam. Met jou, jou moeder. Jou moeder met skalp. Now, mense, between the seasons, we've obviously um, taken a bit of a break, but I want to keep doing these little mini episodes just because, fuck you, it's fun for me, okay? Um, so, yeah, mense, I'm sitting in my hotel room in Amsterdam, in Nederland, doing shows here. Um, I did a video on Instagram, uh, I put it on Instagram and Facebook. If you didn't see it, I'll just quickly rehash it again. It's easy to fake it till you make it when you are Afrikaans in Amsterdam. You can really fit in with the locals because if you're Afrikaans, if you can already speak fluent Afrikaans, then all you do is you just do it with like a Dutch, fl- you'll just do it with a Dutch flavor. Like even if I speak, okay, no, fuck. <laughs> that was terrible. But even if I speak like this, this is n- not the best Dutch accent, but I can kind of fit in a little bit with the locals, okay? <laughs> it's not as good as, as in English, but so in Afrikaans, you just sprinkle a, bu- a Dutch flavor. You just sprinkle some butterballen and stroopwafel, and then klink you day. And then klink you day. Jij zou nooit geweten dat ik Afrikaans ben. Als jij nooit Nederlands was. Okay, so yes, you're not going to fool a Dutch person. Probably not. But as I you, as I you to stop, stopping, oh, this is also what you do. You just add an E-N to a lot of, to a lot of words. Instead of, I now you to stop in Afrikaans, I'm going to walk to you. You just say stopping. Welcome in Afrikaans. Welcome. Ne? Lekker. So, as I now you to stopping on the street, and you are not Nederlands, and I speak with you, Gaat jij weet, ik ben niet Nederlands? Jij gaat niet. Jij gaat vooral weet dat ik niet Nederlands is. Ik kan voor de rest van mijn leven zo praten. En mensen, behalve de Nederlanders, gaan denken, ik ben Nederlands. Hallo, mijn naam is Kalk Bezijdenoot. Ik ben Nederlands, hier groot geworden. Amsterdam, nooit, nog nooit gehoor van Zuid-Afrika, niet. Nog nooit in my life, is there even a plek so South Africa, nog nooit daarvan gehoor. <laughs> so, that's where, yeah, that's where I am at the moment, means I'm in Amsterdam. Yeah, the Dutch, um, they don't like it when you speak like this to them. They think you're making fun of them. But you know what? Screw them. They make fun of us. You know, they call Afrikaans baby Dutch. How fucking condescending is that? They call it baby Dutch, or someone said me, told me, my English is up. Some, that was bad English. Fuck it, when last did I speak that bad English? Someone said me, instead of someone told me. And that's not on purpose, no? That's not like trying to speak bad English for a comedic effect. That was just, that literally just legit came out of my mouth. Someone said me the other day, 
Heerlijkheid. Mensen, it's a real thing. Only Afrikaans people will understand this, that if you talk a lot of English, mensen, it's an old joke, you know, comedians do on stage, if you're a second language speaker, they say, it's, this is not my original material, but they say, English is like airtime. Sometimes it runs out. But mensen, it is like that. It is. Heerlijkheid, my English is running out, mensen. I need to just fucking get home a bit, talk a bit of Afrikaans again, for, you know, to people, and then just to reload... You know, because the more English you speak, you only have a limited reserve inside you, man. And it's really getting to that point where it's running out. But anyway. Where was I? Oh, yes. Someone told me the other day, uh, I can't remember what the Dutch word is, but they basically call it kitchen dodge. Because if my uh, history is correct here, so the Dutch... Uh, Jan van Rijbeek I actually have a joke of this in my in my show I'll tell you because no I don't think any everyone who comes to the show listens to this podcast podcast so thank you for listening to the mini episode I might, might as well give you some bonus stand-up content that I do in my show so I basically talk um, in the show about that the uber driver who took me from the station to the hotel in the uber he said to me he doesn't like Afrikaans people there's a lot of Afrikaans people in Amsterdam Lots of them. And he said he doesn't like Afrikaans people because he said when they, they drink, they, they, they're out of control and they, they're in the back. Because the Dutch, they're very reserved. The, even the Dutch who come to my show, they don't laugh. <laughs> like South Africans. They, they kind of just, they, they smile. They glimlachen. They glimlachen politely. So, you know, um, I have a joke about the... Uber driver, they say they don't like Afrikaans people because they, they, when they're drunk, they're loud and they make a mess and they make a noise. And then I basically say, well, fuck, you made us. So blame yourself. If you want to blame anyone, go back in time, tell fucking Jan van Riebeek in 1652 that he shouldn't stick his nose where he doesn't belong. That solves your problem. So yeah, means in 1652, Jan van Riebeek came to South Africa and then basically... Okay, colonialism, colonialism, and then started um, obviously making babies with the locals. Okay, then you had um, what now is, I guess, Cape Malay people. Nah. I have to navigate myself so well because <laughs> I, I want to be as politically correct as possible yeah. and I am very politically correct I'm not unwoke by any means but I'm just so scared I said, <laughs> I said the wrong thing <laughs> but anyway made babies with um, locals now those babies some of them have a Dutch parent so now they spoke Dutch, but now it is said that they weren't like fully integrated into the, the sort of Caucasian Dutch community. So they were speaking their own version of Dutch that wasn't as um, not developed, not, not, not the word I'm looking for. But yeah, their own version. They made it their own. And that's why it's called Afrikaans is called Kitchen Dutch, because a lot of uh, the people then worked in kitchens and they were essentially servants to the colonial Dutch. And then in the kitchen, they sort of threw in more slang and made it their own. And then that became sort of, that developed into Afrikaans. 
okay so that they call us kitchen dutch or baby dutch some of them find it very amusing <laughs> But yeah, Mensa, I love being here in Holland. It is a beautiful city. You know, on my travels, I've been asking myself, could I, would I live here? Because the people at the at the shows, the audiences, they ask me after the show, would you move here? Would you live here? And shame some of them, Mensa, you know, that they are, <laughs> let's not beat around the bush. They are, some, some people, and that's quite refreshing to see, some people fucking own it. Nah? Some people completely own it. Some people feel self-conscious that they've immigrated. Like I said, some people own it. Some people there in Australia, they're like, best decision we ever made. They don't shit on South Africa, okay? They don't cock on our country, but they do say, listen, best decision I ever made. I could never see myself living there again. Still love the country. My roots are there. But love, love, love Australia. I would never never move away from here. And then you get other people who obviously means that they're missing home. And shame, you can understand it. But they are constantly trying to, how can I put it, um, get validation that they made the right choice. So then they ask you, would you move here? Would you move here? Because they want to, and I can see, shame, I can see that they want me to say, yes, I would move in a heartbeat so they can feel, ah, oh, yes, I made the right decision because it it's fucking hectic. Immigrating to another country, it's not like moving house. Oh, we moved to, from Benoni to Boxburg. Shit, you can move back anytime. You know, it's a, it's a moose thing. So they ask you, would you move here? Would you move here? And I, in every country I've been to, I ask myself, like, could I do it? Could I move here? And means I just want to explain something. I would, I would move overseas if my work could put me in that position, which I hope it can maybe one day. But means it's so much harder for freelancer because you have to start over. You have to start completely over. That's what people don't understand. If I now move to Australia, I was having this conversation with a comedian from South Africa. He now lives in Brisbane. Means he was back home headlining club gigs. He was busy. He was doing corporate events. He was earning well. He had built up a name for himself. He was doing big shows. He was getting booked. He moves to Australia. Now all of that means nothing. He's emailing clubs. He's getting in touch with people. They say to him, yeah, of course you can come perform, but you but you have to obviously do a five-minute open spot, which is an, an unpaid an unpaid spot. So five minutes, you don't get paid. So they say, yeah, come do an unpaid open spot. Let's see how you go. Maybe then for the next gig, we can put you in a paying slot. Mensa, do you know what a big jump that is? You, you've worked so hard to build up to, to, to this place and then you just have to like get downgraded again to the very, very, very beginning. Of course, you're now more skilled so you can work your way up the ranks quicker, but that does not happen in other jobs. Like a doc, means if you're a brain surgeon, if you're a brain surgeon in South Africa and then you move to Germany, they're not going to say, okay, you were a brain surgeon in South Africa, yeah, but let's see about Germany. 
uh, it doesn't, a brain is a fucking brain, okay? You can still operate on a brain there. You will move from a brain surgeon in South Africa to a brain surgeon in Germany. They're not going to tell you at the German hospital, okay, but you first now have to start as an intern, then eventually we'll upgrade you to a GP, and then you can be a brain surgeon after like four years, we'll see how you go. You know, so it's very tough, Mensa. It's very tough. Same like a pilot. If you fly a Boeing for British Airways and you live in England, nah, and then you, you get a job at Emirates, now you move to Dubai. They're not going to tell you there, okay, but we'll just first start you on a fucking micro light, see how you go, and then a Cessna, and then... <laughs> <laughs> is that even correct? A Cessna, and then we'll put you on a cargo plane with no passengers. You'll just be flying fucking post, and then we'll upgrade you eventually again to the 747. No, you can, they'll say, you can fly a Boeing. You know what you want, but it doesn't work like that overseas. If I now have to move to Australia, means I'm not going to go just headline clubs. That's not going to be how it works. So, Australia. I think I could see myself living there, if I have to be honest with you. For those of you who haven't been very similar to South Africa, the climate, even the landscape. Um, the Australians, I feel, are very similar. Means I'm sorry, the two previous mini episodes, I was drunk. This is the first one I'm being sober. So, um, you know, which I'm, it's not something I want to make a habit of, that I just do the podcast drunk um, when I come back from the show after having red wine. So... Um, could see myself living there, the Australians, very similar to the South Africans, because I feel like you can't really stereotype South Africans. You can't say, we are very happy, or we are very sad, or we are very angry, or we are, you know, because in general, we're so diverse. Some of us are very happy. Some of us have like a temper problem. Some of us, you know, and the Australians are the same. It's not like the French where you can say, in general, they are more um, rude or the Germans, in general, they don't have a, a sense of humor, which which in general is true. But South Africans, you can't put us into a box like that. The same with the Australians. I made friends with this Australian guy, Daniel Muggleton. Ladies and gentlemen, Daniel Muggleton. If I wanted to hurt someone with my dick, I'd have to write something mean on it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Now he tells me that they just bought a house for two million Australian dollars. Two million. Nah? Now it's now 12 rand to the dollar. That's 24 million rand. I say to him, wow, that must be a nice house. He says, no, it's a shithole. He says, there's a hole in the roof. There's a massive hole in the, in, in the roof. If you're a bird and you fly over, you will fucking see him sitting there. So I said to him, just hold on for a second. Mensa, his eyes almost popped out of his head. I went on property24.com and I put in <laughs> 24. You know you can put in filters. The max minimum you can put is 15 million. So I said, okay, let's put here minimum of 15 million rand. Joburg. Mensa, I show him the houses you can get in Joburg for 15 17 million, 21 million, eventually 24 million rand. Mensa, mansions with massive pools. Those places where that the whole thing is on a computer where you, you just, you clap for the lights. 
that I'm just putting the mic down. These mansions, Mensa. Light goes on. Probably all have generators and inverters. Oh my word. They're all in security places. Heerlijkheid, Mensa. 24 million rand. I said to him, there's a place in the Cape called Valdevi. Nah. You can buy a house in Valdevi for 5 million rand. Now you're already living with the rich and the famous for 24 million rand. You are living next to Rijk Nietling. You are living next to Rijk. Mensa. You are Rijk. If you are in the 24 million rand house in Valdevi, you cockroach. So, anyway, um, London, Mensa, folk, I don't know if I could live there. The weather, the weather is, it does, it, it is fucking hectic. It is hectic, but you know what depresses me more than the weather in London? I went for dinner with my friend AD. She's my wife, Mika's best friend. And um, we went for dinner, and I was telling her that the public transport, in London depresses me, mensa. Heerlijkheid, it's depressing. Oh. Just because everyone on the tube, now they just, they staring in front of them. They just stare in front of them. They just say, kachuk, They, everyone is just on that fucking thing, going nowhere slowly. People on the night bus. And it doesn't look like they just came from a party. It means I'm on the night bus. Ooh, I just came. Just had drinks with friends. I just had my show. Like I'm in a good mood. I'm on the night bus. I'm looking at my phone. I'm looking out the window. I'm looking at the lights. I'm, I, I think if someone had to look at me from an outside perspective, they would go, this guy had a good night. Okay, he's on his way home from a, from a lack of night. But the other people on that night bus, means they just sit there fucking stare out in front of them they're not on their phone they're gonna wait till they get home to scroll on instagram because data's expensive <laughs> they just fucking sit there and stare straight ahead of themselves no it's very depressing means that the energy it like sucks the energy out of you especially because then I went for a drink with a, with another comedian and I said to him, you know what, I figured it out, why it's especially hard for me is because in our jobs as comedians, we are someone. In, like in my job, means I'm someone. Ooh, how nice is that? I go to a show. If I'm doing a solo show, the people came for me. They bought the ticket for me. I walk on stage, they applaud. They laugh at my jokes. I walk off stage, they applaud. I'm like a, I'm, I'm, I'm not a nobody. They didn't come to watch a nobody. I'm not, I'm saying this in the most humble way I can, I promise you. But like in our jobs, we are conditioned as comedians because we're constantly getting told by the audience, we like you. That's why we come to the show. We find you funny. So you are someone in this job. And then on the tube, man, sir. You just fucking no one. You just no one. You just another face in the crowd. You also just going nowhere slowly. And the time goes slow on the tube, man. So it goes, oh, ride four stops. And you think, okay, cool, that's going to be like 10 minutes, means it for After two stops, you've grown a beard. Like half your family it's, has forgotten about you. I mean, you, you're gone, means you're gone.
Now Amsterdam. Means, I don't know, also the weather is not great. Um, you know, obviously in winter people come for the, the cold, beautiful. I was, the first time I was here, I was here in the winter. And you go, you have ice skating, and European cities are just the most beautiful with their Christmas lights. There's a whole atmosphere. So yes, but just living here once again, day in, day out. Means, I think the bicycles are nice. <laughs> I think if you... <laughs> no, I'm literally looking out the window watching people ride their bicycles, Mensa. And the people, the Dutch, they also look cock depressed on those bicycles. Because I think, because when you came here, when you when you come here for the first time, Mika and I, we had just started dating then. Nah? We came here, oh, the bicycles are so excited. You drive around, you fucking ring your bell. Ding, 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 ding. But Mensa, imagine every single day you are riding a bicycle. Every single day. In the winter, means January, you start going back to work. February, it's cock cold. You're just riding your bicycle by the time you get to work. Your hands are frozen. The snot is frozen out your nose. You look like a walrus. No, means Don't know if I could do it. Don't know if I could do it. Mensa, if you are thinking of moving to Amsterdam, by the way, if you are South African, they have a visa here. Please look into it because I don't know if the person was bullshitting me because I was wondering because there's been a sudden, very sudden, massive surge in South Africans moving to Amsterdam. Oh, my English is warming up now. I can feel it. Been a, a big surge. And I've been wondering like why? Because, you know, back in the day it was... Uh, visa reasons that there was such a large amount of South Africans that moved to London because they gave you that there was like a special, this was before my time, but that special two-year visa, you could move there and they all worked in bars and stuff. But inevitably, a lot of them then stayed, they got other jobs and so forth. Now there's a visa that someone told me about that they have really relaxed the the, the things, um, their borders and their visa regulations uh, after COVID. So they, there's a visa that they offer for South Africans. Basically, you can come here for a year. You can you can come with no job. No job. Obviously, you need the capital because you need to fucking live in a house or a place. You need to rent somewhere. But you come here, you don't need a job when you get on that plane. And then you, you move, essentially, you move here. You have to sort yourself out with accommodation and everything. And then you have a year a whole year to find a job. And then by the end of that year, it can't, I, I don't think it can be a job like a sort of a waitress in a, in a restaurant. You, you like a job. Um, I'm not saying a proper job. I'm not saying waitressing is not a proper job. You're like, you have to cover yourself. Hey, eh? um, but <laughs> what I'm saying is it has to be like a company that can then act as your sponsor. And then if they act as your sponsor, then that you can get a more permanent visa because they are acting as your sponsor. That is essentially what what you have. So now there's a lot of people here. And there's like the, there's a whole special skills list. So there's South Africans moving here, no job. But, you know, as far as, as I've heard, they managed to find a job within the first few months and then they basically yeah means that then they have a sponsor so yeah if you if you someone with a special skill like um i don't know you're a plumber or you can juggle um you know look into that visa means so look into that visa i'm not in a place anymore i used to 
I used to, I'm just, I'm going to end with this. I used to judge people for leaving South Africa when I was, uh, especially in high school and in university means, I used to judge people for leaving South Africa because it just felt like we we in this cock situation, but we in it together. And it felt like a bit of like a betrayal to me, you know, if, when South Africans left, because I felt, it felt like you were in a relationship with a girl and then the going gets stuff and then she leaves. She leaves you for someone else. And you're like, just because it's tough, now you're leaving. Who is this doer's called Brisbane anyway? <laughs> but anyway, I mean, so this was just like my little ramble podcast mini episode. It's lonely. It's lonely when you don't have a mama to talk to, eh? But then, so we're working on the second season. Stay tuned. I'll keep releasing these mini episodes. Please let me know if you listen to them. Please just send me a DM. Send me a DM on Instagram. And just say, hey, I listened to the mini episode. It was nice. Okay. It was nice. Donkey. <laughs>